talk to maybe another business owner or talk to someone. Um, just because you talk to a virtual assistant doesn't necessarily mean you have to hire them. If, you know, someone wanted to contact me, you know, I have these questions, that would be fine. I wouldn't mind talking to them, you know. So, you know, just ask, ask around, ask people you know. Um, or if you have emails for a virtual assistant, you know, shoot them an email or, or you know, if it, online, shoot them an email, ask them questions. If, if they're good enough and if they're, if they're classy enough, they will answer any questions that that person has without expecting them to automatically become a client. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest, and this is an expert episode, um, and it's Trish, and I'm going to mispronounce your last name, Llewellyn? Llewellyn? Llewellyn. Mm-hmm. All right, I made my way through it. So, <laughs> um, But uh, Trish, we're going to talk a lot about um, administrative assistance, or administrative people, um, how to get an assistant, hiring one, how to find one, um, what you might consider when you're looking for one, determining if you need one, whether you need an administrative assistant, a virtual assistant, kind of knowing what to look for and what kind of expertise, how, you know, maybe a bit of remote working with COVID and whatnot, how that's affected things, a little bit difference between doing an employee versus independent contractor. Lots of things we could talk about. We'll see how much we get through on the list, but lots of fun things to talk about. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Trish. Thank you very much, Devin. I'm looking forward to it. So before we dive into the area of expertise, maybe just give a, a bit of a background, you know, if you, or a couple minutes, two or three minutes, and tell everybody a little bit about your background, your experience, and why you're an expert on this uh, this area. Well, expert, you say I'm an expert. I just say I'm working at it. Um, I've been an admin assistant for, oh, well over 20 years. Um, most of the time working in an office, just like everyone else, um, worked for many CEOs, vice presidents, entrepreneurs, um, but I got tired of working 50, 60 hours a week and then still bringing work home with me. And um, many years ago, someone mentioned to me, this was long before it was even known that well about working virtually. So I had someone who gave me some names to start with and I did it just kind of part-time to see if I could do it and what have you. Well, what it came down to, I was doing so well and I was getting so tired of working all those hours and not having any kind of life that I quit my job in the office. I started doing this full time and I've been doing it ever since. And it's been over 12 years now that I've been a virtual assistant. Um, I can work as many or as few hours as I want. I still have a life. Um, I can stop and do things during the day. Um, I have a lot of animals. Uh, if I need to take them to the vet, I can. I, I don't have to worry about asking someone's permission or permission to go to the doctor or have my eyes checked or just to go shopping. Um, I can do it as long as I meet deadlines, I can do what I want. So that's why, in a nutshell, I switched from in office to virtual. No, definitely makes sense. And so then appreciate that that bit of uh, that background. So now maybe uh, kind of uh, jumping into a bit of the, the topic at hand, so to speak. 
Um, you know, I guess the first question I would have is, you know, especially if you're talking in a lot of our audiences, startups and small businesses is, you know, what does, and, and they've kind of heard, hey, you know, I'm getting overloaded, have a lot of things to get done, never have enough hours in the day. So they kind of say, hey, it'd be nice to have an, an assistant or someone that could, I could mm -hmm. offer some of that or free up some of my time or be able to focus on it. So as you're kind of thinking about whether it's a virtual assistant or administrative assistant, which I think is similar or synonymous other than one maybe in the office versus remotely, what are some of the tasks that you can start to look at to offload? Or if you're saying, hey, should I bring one on or what that, kind of what are a lot of the roles that uh, oftentimes that uh, administrative assistant or virtual assistant would fill? Well, just um, a quick um, FYI, um, a lot of people, especially now are going with a virtual assistant because A, they don't have to have an office um, virtual assistants use their own equipment, so uh, companies don't have to, to, you know, put money into that. Um, virtual assistants, independent contractor, contractors are liable for their own taxes, their own insurance. So that's another thing off the plate of a, an owner or someone just getting started. Mm. One thing um, I've learned over the years um, with the any kind of a new business or, or anybody who's starting a business and want to grow their business. If they're spending more time on the paperwork or invoicing or what have you, and not being able to grow their business, then they need help. And a virtual assistant doesn't have to be full-time. I have many clients that I only work five hours a week for, you know, so it doesn't have to be 10 hours. It doesn't have to be 20 hours. And it certainly doesn't have to be 40 hours. Two or three or five, generally with most virtual assistants, um, there's no minimum, at least there isn't with me. Um, if you just need help two or three hours a week, that's fine. If you need help five hours, that's fine too. But if you find you're at the point where you're not being able to grow your business, you're so bogged down in the paperwork that you can't move forward, then you need help, even if it's just a few hours a week. So now one question, and I think that's a great answer, and one question maybe picking back on that, and there's a whole bunch of fun questions we could ask. But <laughs> so let's say I said, okay, I am bogged down. I need, and it could be everything from I need a couple hours assistance a week all the way up to I need 40 hours or I need even more than that, whatever that range is. Mm -hmm. so, okay, I need to find a virtual assistant. How do you go about doing that in the sense that, you know, let's say if I, if I don't already know someone to reach out to or I don't do it, do you go through an employment firm? Do you go through a Google search? Do you ask around and ask for referrals? Do you go to LinkedIn or kind of if you're saying, okay, I made a realization I need to, I, I think I need to hire a virtual assistant. How do you even go about tackling or finding one? Actually, it's yes to all of those because I've gotten clients from all of those. Um, I've had people contact me through LinkedIn. Um, there's all kinds of, of various sources out there. Um, indeed, um, you'll find a lot of people um, um, putting job applications um, for help wanted and Indeed, or even the ZipRecruiter. There's all kinds of um, resources now popping up for, um, for um, companies that just specialize in hiring out virtual assistants. Um, a few years ago, there were none. Now they're, they're popping up all over the place and you can find some very good um, reputable ones. So, and of course, word of mouth is everything in any kind of business. So um, I've gotten them always. So those are just a few of the, of the ones, but you can just go on Indeed and, and um, put in a, a, a job source for, you know, I need a virtual assistant or if you want to be more specialized, you can do that. Um, but those are, those are any number of the ways that you can find help. 
So now one question I'll follow up and it's a hard, uh, maybe it's not a hard question. I think it's a hard question, which is, so, you know, if you're doing a virtual, a lot of times you say, I know I need someone because I don't have enough time in the day, but I really don't know what the position is, or I don't know exactly what I'm going to offload, or it's going to be kind of figuring it out as I go along, so to speak of, Hey, I know I have a lot of paperwork. I have odd jobs. I have things I need to take care of. Do you need, or how well defined do you need to have that position when you're starting to look for someone to say, do you say, Hey, I need a whole bunch of assistance in these areas. And I don't know exactly how much time, because I think a lot of, you know, if you're a startup or, you know, if you're just getting into it and this right. first time you've done it, you don't know how much you can offload or how much time it will save or how much things to do until you actually get going. So any thoughts or ideas as to how you kind of start to figure that out, or you just hire someone and figure it out along the way. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Actually, um, especially if it's a company that's just starting out, you know, they can just place a general ad or just talk to someone and say, I possibly need help in these areas, but I don't know for sure. And then when you get on the phone for an interview with someone, then you two, especially if the virtual assistant is experienced, you can talk through um, what your needs may be, where you find yourself, or what job tasks that you find the owner doing that you absolutely hate Hmm. because if the job owner is doing those then he's he's putting it off he's he's not really liking to do it so he puts it off he's only doing it halfway so that's a good way to judge if um because most people hate doing the stuff that i love to do i love sitting in front of a computer doing the mundane stuff the boring stuff that most people think of doing. They hate that. I love it. So if I can take those off their plate, then they find that they're freed up for a lot more important things to do. Say like if someone hates invoicing, okay, you hate it. I love it. I'll do it. You know, it can be as simple as that. It can be as simple or as complicated as you want to make it. It's like most things in life. So is that almost now kind of, because I like that answer, is that almost a way that you can, in some degree, filter out who would be a good virtual assistant? In other words, you, you know, if you're saying, hey, I have a lot, that they can help you and say, hey, here are some of the things that I can do, I'm experienced in, I've helped other people. Mm-hmm. It kind of shows that they know what they're doing and they've already done this so they can help you along the way. Seems like that's kind of a good way to almost figure out who is experienced or who would be a good match. Correct. Correct. And um, some of that should show up on your resume. But again, sometimes resumes are just talk. But um, yeah, if you get to talking with someone, um, you can say, well, I've done, um, the owner could say, you know, I have a lot of invoicing that I need to do. And I really hate to do it. And it takes up so much of my time. Usually an experienced virtual assistant will say, hey, I've done this for many, many years. I've done this for so-and-so different businesses. So that way you can kind of gauge what their background is, how they're liking it. Or same way with calendar management. Um, There's a lot of that nowadays, calendar email management. Well, I think that that's, you know, and I always joke, I always, and especially on calendar management, I, and I, I still tend to like to, I'm, that's one aspect. I don't know if I love it, but it's one that I, I've two, eight over 10 over two. I want to make sure that my calendar is right. So I would, I would have a hard time, but I get that. One, we're getting overloaded with emails, and two, you're getting overloaded with calendars. Right. I look at my calendar, and it's chock full every day, and I, ha- I barely have time to breathe, so to speak, and I have to intentionally set time aside. For, but I think that those are definitely areas that you know would be helpful that people could say, hey, if you don't like these things. And I like that it, you know, a lot of times it's starting with what are the things that you don't like to do that you put mm-hmm. off? Because a lot of times those are holding your business back or because they're not getting done. Mm-hmm. 
and find mm-hmm. someone else that does love them. And I think that that's right. a great idea. Find mm-hmm. someone else that does, um, you know, have right. that passion release, that drive and that mm-hmm. wants to do that so you can offload it. Yeah, because so often owners, um, whether they be owners, entrepreneurs or CEOs, they get stuck doing those things day after day after day that they hate doing and they can't concentrate on growing their business. So if they put those things on someone else that they hate doing, they'll find that they can actually concentrate on other things and maybe even have a life, you know, because that's that's part of it, too. You want them not only to grow their business, but you want them to have time to themselves or time for their families. And you want them to be able to enjoy the perks of the business they're trying to grow. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. To, don't be so caught up in the day to day that you forget. Delegation is so important sometimes that if you try to do everything yourself, you'll just find yourself just floundering. No, I definitely agree on that. So now kind of shifting here slightly, but still on the same topic, you know, one of the things that's been a large shift in a lot of companies, and it will be interesting to see how it continues to play out is the move towards more remote working or more, you know, people working from home or different locations. And I have different opinion, you know, everybody has a different opinion as to whether or not it's going to last, which industries it's going to last in, how that will evolve, will be a hybrid model and everything else. You know, one of the giving it or putting or my personal bias a bit or a bit to it is you know some people work well with working with people remotely in the sense that they can manage it and if you're and you know they can deal with it they can have a good relationship and there are other people and probably more of me i'm in the same boat that you know i have a difficult time out of sight out of mind that you know if i don't see them in the office i can't stop by their office i can't check in with them not that they don't do a good job but i just never see them and i don't remember to follow up so as far as when you're looking at should you do it in the office should you not do it in the office as a good virtual assistant Mm -hmm. you know how do you how do you start to balance that or you know how do you figure out which one's right for you well you have to know your own personality for me working virtually there's just nothing like it i love it I'm not one that I have to be in the office. I have to spend time commiserating with everybody else in the office. I don't need that. Um, I'm one, I'd rather be by myself, do my work, get it done, and then have the rest of the time for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. Just not one that I need to be there and and chatting with everybody and finding out, you know, what their life is doing and what my life is doing. And, you know, you have to know your own personality. I know some people who are very close to me who could never do it because they just don't have the motivation um, or the perseverance or the persistence to sit at home and do the work. Um, They need to be around other people. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that that is... So let me ask a follow-up question to that though. But if you're looking and you're saying, I don't know which I need, you know, I don't know if I need some in the office, I don't need, you know, or, or I can do a virtual assistant and they're doing it for the first time you know, I guess a couple of questions. How do you know whether or not someone is good at managing, you know, a virtual assistant is good at managing themselves from home or getting the work done? And, you know, kind of how do you decide which one you need? Because there's a difference, you know, if I'm in that one is knowing if the individual that is a virtual assistant or the administrative assistants, knowing what their person lines up with. But there are some people that, you know, as a person, you know, as a person that would be doing the hiring, they don't know which they need. So how do you kind of, is it, how do you go about, is it experimentation, trying it out or doing that? Uh, you know, I don't know. Does that make sense? Oh, well, it does. Um, 
if you're talking about the owner wondering if they need somebody in the office or they can use someone virtually, sometimes it might come down to money. Um, that, that's always an important thing. Um, if they don't have the money for a big office, if they don't have the money for a lot of um, administrative equipment, uh, copy machines, computers, then definitely virtual assistant is the way to go because they supply all their own things. Um, they don't need to go to the office. So, you know, if you're fine, the owner is fine working from home, well then that's the way to go that way. They don't have to, to put rent in an office and all kinds of equipment. But, um, and to, again, you know, um, some people, um, they don't necessarily want to just come into the office for maybe three or four hours a week. Mm virtual assistant wouldn't matter to them if it's just a couple hours a week. So there's many factors. Um, it depends on uh, what your needs are, um, how your bottom line is. Because um, if you don't have to pay for a big office, if you don't have to pay for all the equipment, well then, you know, go with the virtual assistant. No, definitely makes sense. Now, one question kind of, and all these kind of piggyback off of each other, but, you know, now if you're looking for, so let's say you've got the virtual assistant or, or you, or the administrative, the question that I would, I guess, and it'd be one of my fears if I were to, you know, if I were to speak for kind of the startup or that is you, one where you might have is that, okay, I find someone that does it for three or four hours a day or three or four hours a week, or whatever. I get mm -hmm. them trained up. I get them integrated into all that we're doing. And then they're going to find another position or they're going to go, you know, find someone else that's higher them or anything else. And they're saying, okay, I just put in all this time and effort to train them. And especially if they're virtual assistants. And so they're not even, you know, quite as much tight in the office, then it's even more worried that they're, you're going to put all this time and effort and then a few months they're going to do is that a case is that a valid fear is it or is it they're pretty a lot of stability as far as once you find someone they're generally set up to continue to assist you for a long period of time or is there a lot of turnover or how does that work well virtual assistants um most virtual assistants are looking whether it's three hours a week or 20 or 40 hours a week they're looking for the long term because they don't want to keep switching where i think with the at least from my experience in the past, because I used to do a lot of hiring and firing too. Um, people would come and go a lot working in an office. But with the virtual, they tend to, because a lot of times, like myself, I have clients that are 20 hours a week. I have clients that are five hours a week. I have clients that are 10 hours a week. So, you know, I have different variations. So I can handle them differently. And I prefer, and most virtual assistants will tell you this, that they prefer someone that they can be with on the long run. They prefer someone they can grow with rather than changing up. Because if they're working five hours a week from someone, if they need more hours, they can just, they can get a client that has, you know, well, they need me for five hours. So that fits in perfectly and still keep the old one rather than going from place to place to place. No, that definitely makes, no, that definitely makes sense. And I think it lays to, you know, almost that you're, almost you're making the argument, which it definitely makes sense that virtual assistants and people doing it remotely gives them better flexibility because now they are able to slot different people with different times. They're looking for long-term stability, but even if you can't mm -hmm. hire someone full-time, they can still have that long-term because they're now saying, Hey, I don't want to work with one client for 40 hours a week. I'd like to have a bit of my own flexibility so I can have five hours here, 10 hours here and allows them to while also maintain that long-term relationship. Actually, well, I, I prefer that. I prefer different clients um, with different hours 
Um, it might be just my thing. I don't know, but it just seems like I don't have all my eggs in one basket, so to speak. Mm. If something should go wrong with one, I still have others to fall back on. You know, so I guess I've been in the business world away from that too long. <laughs> so um, I know what happens when you put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> That's fair enough. I've been there, done that. <laughs> well, I've, I've peppered you with a few other questions. Any other things that people are kind of looking into this, kind of getting going on it or thinking about it that they should consider? Other things that they should uh, be weighing as they look to maybe hire one or, or find one or whether or not they should get going? Other things they should consider? Well, just um, when they're speaking to them, whether it's um, a formal or informal interview, um, you can get a feel for their experience, not necessarily by their um, resume, but ask them how long they've been at it. You know, like with me, I've been a virtual assistant for over 12 mm-hmm. and in the administrative world for over 20. So uh, they'll know I've been around for a while and I, and nobody's an expert on anything. Sorry, Devin, but nobody's an expert on on everything. (laughs) But because there's always, always, always something new to learn. And I think that's what's great about getting a new client. No matter how much experience you have, someone always brings something new to the plate. And I'm a firm believer in never stop learning. The moment you stop learning, not only in business, but in life, uh, you've had it. You're you're just done, you know. And, And I just... Because everybody does things differently, and no matter how many programs or software, what have you, you think you know, there's always one out there you've never heard before. So it, it doesn't matter how much experience. But at the same time, that gives you a little feel for how long they've been around. You know, they're not someone new just coming in and saying they know this and that, but they don't really. So that's another thing to kind of kind of gauge what you're getting. No, and I definitely think that that's, that's great advice. Now I'm going to flip it the other way is if you are looking for a virtual assistant or administrative assistant, um, are there any red flags, things that you're saying, okay, that's something I should definitely be watching out for. Or if I see this come along, I probably shouldn't hire them. Is there anything that is a, a, or a, a likely red flag? Um, if you see on their resume that they tend to go, again, from place to place to place, quickly, say within a month or two of being hired, then there might be a problem. I mean, if this happens once or twice, it could be personalities. But if it keeps happening, then there's a bigger problem going on. So that's one thing you would want to learn, learn about. And always um, ask for references, even if you don't get them. If people are kind of hesitant about giving you references, again, there could be a problem. Even if you don't get them, even if you don't really ask for them, but when you ask for in the interview, can you give me references? And they kind of hem and haw around. Uh, Well, maybe. uh, Well, I'll I'll think about it. Then there's a problem because there should be no problem giving anybody three or four or two or three, whatever references. If you've been around long enough and you're proud enough of your work. So there shouldn't be any problem giving references. No, and I, I think that, hey, if, if they're, you know, if they're saying, hey, I'm just getting started, then be honest and say, I haven't been in a, a virtual mm-hmm. assistant or an administrative assistant, so I'm here to learn. But then they, they, so they may say, I don't have references, but if they're, at least either way, they should be honest. If I, I don't have any references, then then they should have a good reason. And I think to your point, exactly. if they don't, then they're, if they're hesitant or they're, they're, it feels like they're hiding and that certainly seems like there's some or, uh, something underlying that it would be a red flag. 
Because yeah, I mean, if you're just starting out, and we all start out at some point, um, just be honest about it and say, I'm, I'm starting out, but I think you could be a good fit for, you know, for me. You know, if you're willing to give me a chance, mm. then, you know, here's what I can do for you. But I don't really have the references as of yet. You know, be honest about it. And that would be fine. But I've known too many people who have portrayed themselves in one way and it turns out that they weren't. So you just, after you've been around a while, even with somebody in business, you kind of get a feel for what's going on. So, you know, kind of your, your sixth sense, your instinct kind of kicks in. No, it definitely makes sense. So one more question, then we'll, we'll start to wrap up. But uh, on that, on that note, so if I were to looking for hiring, I, and I, and I personally don't know, so I'd love to hear the answer, you know, what kind of price ranges or how do you even determine what to pay an administrative assistant or a virtual assistant? Cause on the one hand, you want to obviously be fair to them. You want to hire or pay what they're worth. And the other mm-hmm. hand is with all business, you don't want to pay any, you don't want to overpay any more than you have to. So how do you kind of determine what is the pay and whether or not it's in office and it's administrative or virtual assistant and whether, mm-hmm. how much they're working and what their experience, how do you start to figure all that out as far as what's a, a, a fair pay scale or any yeah, thoughts or ideas? To answer your one question, um, it wasn't kind of asked there, but it was kind of implied. How do you know if they're actually working for you? Most virtual assistants will use clocking software, so you'll know the number of hours that they're working and what have you. Um, virtual assistants, especially ones in the country, and you, you can get ones offshore, overseas, very, very cheap, but you have to be very, very wary. So even though those are cheap, some five, 10 bucks an hour, just be careful of those. And I'm not just saying it because I charge a lot more. I'm just saying because they are offshore, they're not trained or they're not experience-wise like those in the US or, or even other major countries. Um, Cause I've had, I've had clients all over the world. So I know what people can and can't do. But um, a good virtual assistant, and I'm talking about a general virtual assistant, those who specialize will charge even more. Um, you can go anywhere from 25 to 75 bucks an hour, depends on, you know, naturally those who are in like New York, Los Angeles, they will probably charge you more than someone like me who's from Ohio. Mm. So, I mean, I generally charge 35 to 40 and sometimes I, I give discounts depending on the situation. But I mean, it can be anywhere from $25 to $75. And, and those who specialize, those who are just graphic designers or those who build websites, they charge even more. But just a general, and I just consider myself a general virtual assistant who does a little bit of everything. Um, I like doing documents and calendars and email and all that, but um, I don't really consider myself specialized. So um, those, again, would probably go anywhere from 25 to $75 an hour. And of course, as an independent contractor, they're, they're responsible for their own taxes, their own equipment, you know, all that stuff. You don't pay vacations or time off or anything like that. So that's one of the perks for the business owner. They don't have to pay all that stuff. Make, definitely makes sense. So well, awesome. Well, we've, we've covered a lot of great ground and a lot of fun there, but it's been a fun conversation. As we wrap up the podcast, you know, I always ask one question at the end of each expert episode, which would be, 
if you if you're talking to somebody that's in a startup or small business and they're just looking to get started with virtual assistants or an administrative mm -hmm. assistant and they're just wanting to get started figuring out trying to figure out if they need it or who to hire with that what would be one step that they could take to, to get started um talk to maybe another business owner or talk to someone um just because you talk to a virtual assistant doesn't necessarily mean you have to hire them. If, you know, someone wanted to contact me, you know, I have these questions, that would be fine. I wouldn't mind talking to them, you know. So, you know, just ask, ask around, ask people you know. Um, or if you have emails for a virtual assistant, you know, shoot them an email or, or you know, if online, shoot them an email, ask them questions. If, if they're good enough and if they're, if they're classy enough, they will answer any questions that that person has without expecting them to automatically become a client. No, and, I, and I like that. I think that's a simple answer, but it's a great one in the sense that go talk to some a business owner that has done one or a virtual assistant. And, you know, even mm -hmm. I like that, you know, hey, you didn't doesn't always have to be the expectation you're going to hire them and you just want to get a, a little bit filled for it. But asking those questions and talking with someone, I think is one of the best ways to get started. So I think that's a great answer. Yep. Well, as, as, pe as we wrap up the podcast, if people want to reach out to you, they want to ask, ask you questions or they want to hire you, they want you to be your, their, their virtual assistant, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out or find out more? Probably at my email, which would be Trish Llewellyn, which is my name. I try to make it difficult. 77 at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to, to reach out, find out more. Um, if uh, if you're, they're in the in the in looking for a new uh, assistant, definitely uh, check, check or check Trish out. Assuming she has availability, as well as to uh, answer any questions. But often, if if that person doesn't, they might know someone who does. So you know, don't never hesitate to ask. Asking never hurts. I think that's great advice. Well, thank you again, Trish, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, you have your own expertise to share or your own journey to share. Feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. Um, also, a couple more things as listeners. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so new people can find out about the podcast as well. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, reach out to us at Miller IP Law. Just go to strategymeeting.com. Thank you again, Trish. And I wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you very much. I fully enjoyed it.